Welcome to Idea Factory Giveaway, a guest-guided mapping expedition to the borders of human creativity. I'm John, and this is all my fault. I'm Besha, and this is totally my fault, too. <laughs> How's it going, John? <laughs> it goes well. I, I seem to... I don't know what's going on, um, but there seems to be a thing today where everybody in Oakland with a bicycle is riding around, and like they seem to be having a jolly good time, and I have no idea what's happening. I feel like I, that's not the first time we've encountered a bicycle mystery while recording. It's doesn't it? It seems weird that there isn't some kind of citywide system to disseminate information. This is, if, if, this is where that citywide Google Calendar comes in. Totally, but even just an offline thing, right? Like, what if yeah. they could they just put up flyers? Yeah. <laughs> just, wasn't was Oakland Pride today? I, I think it might I think have it been today last or, week. Uh, I think it was today or yesterday, judging by oh, my Instagram. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe that's it then. Maybe that has something to and do with it. And everybody knows the gays only ride bikes. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got. Sorry. I I will say that I did not notice a um, a prevalence of of rainbows or or pink or any other of the usual signifiers of pride on any, on anybody's bike. But you know, I mean, <laughs> maybe they are just out having a, a nice time parallel to pride. Yeah. Maybe it's bike pride. Maybe it is bike pride. Okay, so speaking of um, gays, I guess, and I apologize for saying it that way if it sounds like anything other than intended to be loving. My partner just went out, came back because he realized it was starting to rain, came back to get his umbrella and said, a homeless guy just called, said, nice hair faggio to me. <laughs> and he is growing his hair out. It is, it's not Fabio level. But it is uh-huh. it is long, and he had carefully styled it. He spends more time on his hair than I do. <laughs> uh, but the best part of this is that what he was going out to do was a fencing demo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's 2019, and this is Portland, and really, Faggio, it's that's that's what you've got, bruh. <laughs> um, but also, he was more right than he knew. Incredible. In some way. <laughs> Oh, the madness! I um I I can report no such innovation down in in these parts, at least as far as I am aware. So we're we're just we're just gonna have to see <laughs> if new terminology develops itself independently of Portland. Anyway, that's all I've got. There was my tech Excellent. five. Very well. Well, I, perhaps it is time for us to introduce our guest. Let's do. Besha, I'll leave this one up to you. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Cool. Okay. Hello, guests. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I am Nick Douglas. I am a writer at, right now at Lifehacker and at the scripted comedy podcast Roommate from Hell. Hell yeah. And I'm also a friend of Besha's for many years, but I live over in Brooklyn. I am so excited to have Nick on the show um, because he is hilarious. And also, I cannot believe you two don't know each other. You know, uh, I am I'm pleased that we were able to remedy this right now. Yeah. Excellent. Do, 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 do. I should perhaps introduce the concept of the show, which is as follows. Uh, for the past dozen years, I've been writing down every idea I've ever had without editing and throwing them all into a big pile. Now, my friends get to dig through the pile and look for anything good, crazy, or some combination thereof. If you hear one that sounds good to you and you want to run with it, do it. 
I just want credit. I want a copy of the police report and any hospital documentation you end up with. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Nick, we, we gave you access to the pile, and you mm-hmm. found some things, I believe. Yes, that was it was an impressive stack. Was, <laughs> my computer was groaning. <laughs> when when you, not ready. When you do it for, for as long as I mean like it's I this is something that I would actually be very curious to know and I'm, I'm in the hopes that this podcast is eventually disseminated widely. On the next Voyager record, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whether other people decide to start writing down all of their ideas without editing in a similar fashion and discover whether I am, like, incredibly prolific or, like, merely average as an idea generator or even sub-average. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, and I would love to find out. That's a really good question. That'd be a tough experiment. We did get into this because Nick has a thread of ideas that he's never going to use that he's storing on Twitter. Yes, which we're going to get into, I think, at the end of the episode. I would guess that you are more prolific than average, however, John. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's possible. And way more organized. Really, that's the key. (laughs) It's true. That was really almost a self-defense mechanism out of sheer necessity. I had to come up with some way... Uh, and, and even then, I feel like there are still refinements that could be made. But, you know, that, maybe that's for a version 2.0 of the, of the pile. Nick, what, what is the first thing that you found of note? The first idea I found was listed as card ideas with the notes large type, sans serif, Japanese paintings, kid drawings, woodcuts. Are these, is this a greeting card idea set here? That's a damn good question. That's a new one. Maybe? There isn't anything else in the notes field, is there? <laughs> Just, yeah, large type sans serif Japanese paintings, kid drawings, woodcuts. Oh, those are the notes. <laughs> those are the notes. Crap. I have no idea what that could possibly be. I, oh, so I... This... Uh, that might have been an idea for... Back... Wow, okay, how long ago was this? This was at least... At this point, I'm going to hazard a guess and say this was maybe seven years ago. I used to make postcards um, mm-hmm. out of just like uh, I would I would cut up cereal boxes and and magazines and uh, you know and cut out letters and just kind of you can find them all actually um, at uh, at problemsaloon.tumblr.com where I just I, I just decided it would be fun to make collage style postcards. So it's possible that this relates to that. In some way, I wish I had any idea how. This almost looks like an earnest, like, here are some cards I have thought of making, as opposed to that, like, ladies drinking cocktails with the caption, Carthago Delenda Est, <laughs> which I remember vividly. <laughs> I I did I there was there were I did a lot of good ones back in the day. I I think that I was looking for maybe other other forms of imagery or text to branch out into. That's going to be the guess that I'm making. But mm-hmm. uh, th- that's about as good as I can do. Cuz it reminded me when I saw it of greeting card ideas. Oh. Which I think is is uh well it reminded me of I'll show you my uncle. Granted this is not strictly my idea to give, but I think the, the time has passed. He's not going to act on it. Um, <laughs> I was really into inventing. Do you, do you two have, like, the uncle who's inventing stuff all the time? I have both the <laughs> uncle and my dad is the uncle who's inventing stuff all the time as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't, but that sounds delightful. John so is this that one uncle. uncle. 
Yeah, see, do you have nieces and nephews yet? Uh, this, I this have is a very avuncular thing you've got going here. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I, I mean. Uh, technically, I have. A, I have a, a, a nephew by ma- marriage. It's my wife's yeah. twin sister's son. Yeah, that's a nephew. There you go. Okay. That's very good. You also have a kid, so you're inventor dad as well as inventor uncle. Also true. Mm-hmm. So, my uncle was really into this idea of greeting cards that were a puzzle. It was like you'd fill out a crossword inside the card, and that would reveal the message of the card, which was like on a a sheet overlay that only had certain holes poked out. I'm totally into that. Yeah, right? Yeah. It, It seemed very cool, but it was the kind of idea that like you could have out in the middle of nowhere and think, I'm going to sell this to those guys at Hallmark. But, like, I don't think that's the way the world works. The way that, <laughs> that coming up with ideas for cards works is, like, you kind of have to either be a full-time person inventing ideas for Hallmark or or not at all. You don't get to invent one kind of card, I think. <laughs> but, you know, I wonder about that, though. Like, do you think... How, I wonder mm-hmm. how many great greeting card ideas they're missing out on by not having an open pitch box somewhere. Right. Someone needs to disrupt this market if they haven't already. Get your get your startup acquired by Hallmark. That would be one of the few things that actually makes sense to have like shipped in a box to you every month. Is <laughs> here. Tell us the cards you need to send, and you're never going to do on your own. We bring in a box of the cards. We pick it up three days later. You better have the cards written. Um, we'll take it and we'll do everything. <laughs> if I didn't actually have to do... And all you give us actually is you just... Um, you write an email and you send it to us and we write the... Co- I think I'm just inventing the job the guy does in her. Yeah. <laughs> I think you kind of are, but that's okay. Yeah. So I was really hoping you had some greeting card ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. I mean, that, that sounds like something that I should probably... I, that I, you'd think I would have thought about given how many postcards I'd made. But yeah. Huh. I, I I do like this new service that you've come up with. I also had an idea um, parallel to that, where it's it's a company that literally is nothing but wild pitches from the public. Basically, we're sort of like mm-hmm. you pitch us a greeting card, and if like you know, we'll have like a council of maybe seven designers slash writers, and if mm-hmm. uh, you know at least four of them like it, we'll just make ten of them and we'll put them up on our store. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, because I'm... It's, I am but it's pos- um, what was the t-shirt company that did that? Oh. Th- not not that- the cards. I mean, they just did it for t-shirts. People could submit right. their t-shirt. I forget Threadless. Was. Was yeah. Threadless. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, but, you know, I feel like greeting cards are a much lower... That seems like a much lower barrier to... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, because with shirts, yeah. you've got to find a supplier. But cards, you could just make... I, I mean, I wonder if somebody must have had this idea. This... If if not though, there's something for a, a listener out there to grab. Mm-hmm. Just saying, Nick. What's next? The next one is relationship advice slash Am I the asshole subreddit posts as comics. Oh God. The notes <laughs> include that these stories are often too long and poorly written, and comics uh-huh. versions would be better. Well, that's brilliant, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I'm on. 
something like four different slacks, and mm-hmm. one of them we have kind of like there's a, there's a few of us who and, uh, of which I am not one. Like uh, I'll just come to one of our one of the channels that we have, and somebody has inevitably posted something from Am I the Asshole, and we you know like we go mm-hmm. through it, uh, and we you know I mean it, it turns out that any any just about all the time whenever somebody makes a post of that subreddit they are invariably the asshole however <laughs> you know like it's just it's a pain in the ass to read these stories like yeah. I, I would love a compendium of them in comic form because I, you know there there there's always a tangled web of relationships and and it, it it's just it's so hard to convey those in raw text so much easier in comic form even actually you could include charts of like mm-hmm. you know my uh, the, all of the various relationships that exist and you know just it would be an interesting if nothing else an interesting illustration and design challenge i really like imagining like um i have a, a an acquaintance who does uh comics journalism not not journalism about comics but you know journalism through the medium of of comics and i really like imagining them like sitting down with the the original reddit poster and trying to tease it out because that's the other thing you know the story always it takes five more comments you try to send this link to someone in the slack and you're like okay but you have to also see this comment where they reveal that you know right. they had also banned oh, and, their sister from and the he was my professor in college yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you'd have to come and like do a little. I'm, I'm imagining you like going around Alan Lomax style and recording these stories and putting them into a coherent form. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's inevitably that would have to. <laughs> also, agree. if if you're you're talking about Susie, I think she'd be a great person to do it. I am talking about Susie. <laughs> I do think she would be good. I think she would get infuriated by people too fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's. I feel like she's busy enough, right? Yeah, that's true. Just but you know, I mean, if if, oh God, you know what? It would, oh, it would, mm, okay, uh, what what it should be is a vast. There should be a, like a, a a crowdfunded pile of money that exists mm-hmm. just for this purpose, where any. A cartoonist mm-hmm. of sufficient credentials, like Susie Cagle, could mm-hmm. just take some money from that pile and then use it to research one of these stories. And then once the pile has been exhausted, we make a book or a website mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. It's amazing how many of these ideas really just need a big pile of money. It's not amazing. <laughs> it's, it's not surprising at all. But I, I feel like a lot of it... Was somebody on Twitter who said something like, I don't actually have any problems that couldn't be solved by a whole bunch of money. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, actually. I mean, sure, I'll still have to work things out, but throw enough money at it, Mm -hmm. I'll be able to. I mean, throw enough money at it and I could do these comics. First, I'd have to learn how to draw. (laughs) That also just takes some money. That's just art school. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Anyone can draw. You just it just takes money. Just draw a bunch of ovals, yep. then draw the rest of the fucking owl. Yeah, draw the rest of the fucking owl. Um, so Reddit was also where people used to post comics, and specifically the kind of comic that you didn't have an, have to have any skill to do, the rage comic. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder. I mean, one, I always wonder whether that stuff was nearly as funny as I thought it was at the time. I, I really hope some of it was, because uh, I've, I've looked back at advice animals, and a lot of them, not as, not as good as I thought at the time. But I wonder how much overlap 
there could be? Or why can't we revive the Rage Comics format? Like that medium didn't have to only belong to whatever year, 2010 maybe, that it was popular. Why don't we bring back Rage Comics and then change all the other subreddits? Maybe every subreddit, every subreddit where you have to submit your shitty story that like you aren't telling competently for a day on Fridays, you can only submit a Rage Comic version of it. And it has to be less than like 15 panels. And there's a, there's a generator all ready for you to use. It's there. You just have to summarize. You need to run ad block because those generators are only around because yeah. they're running like for ads. 50 algorithmic banners. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's genius. I, I will say, if you're not already following it, the relationships.txt uh, Twitter is mm-hmm. good for summarizing the... I mean, they don't summarize it, but but screenshotting the absolute most ridiculous ones if you really mm-hmm. just want to follow it for the rage. Yes. Yes, we... we um, those have also popped up in the Slack. And honestly, those could also use comic-based explainers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> should be a book. And there should be little updates. There should be... Someone also... I mean, this is really... Reddit should be doing this with their pile of money, presumably, should be hiring someone to both document these things, uh, adapt them, and then check in uh, 7-Up style a couple of years, well, not even years down the road. The, you know, you need that, because that's the best Three months out. these threads, is the update, update, update. Uh, you know, I told her that I was sick of her bullshit and I wasn't going to be bullied around anymore, and she took all my money. <laughs> I said, you- no daughter of mine can do that ever again. You you can't see it, but I am just I'm pointing at my computer screen at your face on Skype because uh, yes Naughty. I could not agree more. Follow up is so important. God, oh, this isn't like a you know John Cheever story. Like, give us a resolution. Yeah, that was a terrible poll. I have no idea whether John Cheever's stories have resolutions or not. <laughs> I just read a lot of short stories, and I'm always mad that they don't resolve, and I can't remember any other author names. I'm going to just throw out Raymond Carver. I was just going to say Raymond Carver. Carver sounds much better, yeah. And that's one of the like the sad things. Definitely, I could not tell you a single actual difference between Raymond Carver and John Cheever, and that makes me feel dumb. I mean, just like I have read their stories 10 years, 10, 20, 15 years ago. And then I forgot. And they're two, like, they're a guy from the 20th century who wrote classic short stories that I took quizzes on. Same. That, Same. that were very yeah. moving at the time. Oh. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I've ever read any John Cheever, but I assume that I would have the same reaction, which was, ah, men have sort of grim and hopeless problems. Okay. I'm going to read some science fiction now. Fair. I yeah, want some yeah. dragons. Uh, like Nick, I also read. Uh, I know that I've read multiple stories by both of those dudes sometime during college. Uh, I mean, I, you're looking at a, at a guy with two English degrees, and I could not tell you a single sentence of information about either of them beyond this was a white guy in the fifties. And one of them had a really Question aggressive mark? editor. That's all I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's a relief. <laughs> what? What is next on your on the list of, of things that you found in the pile, sir? Next up is bad driver downvote timeout override. <laughs> what? 
Can you unpack that for me? Yes, this is a fairly recent one. I, I used to have an idea for a weapon that would be mounted to a car, which, when, you know, we've <laughs> got great start. Rage. Great start, yeah. Yes, we, we all have road rage, and we all imagine something like, you know, like mounting a rocket launcher to our car and destroying the vehicle in front of us. The problem is that that creates wreckage, and it would also create a traffic jam, right? But what if mm-hmm. instead you had a weapon that, when fired at a car, would cause it to gradually pull over to the side of the road and turn? off and not be able to turn on again for at least half an hour. <laughs> uh, this was th- That was like the 1.0 version. So this version is all, imagine a future where all cars are connected, right? And sure. one, let's say you've got one driver who is really being a dick. If that and there's some kind of mechanism in place for you to be able to easily, I guess the, the word that I'm going to have to use is downvote mm-hmm. a car on the road as it passes you. <laughs> if that car accumulates enough downvotes in a given span of time, let's say, you know, like maybe it's 10 downvotes within 30 seconds, the car automatically just pulls itself over to the side of the road and shuts <laughs> off for 30 minutes and cannot be reactivated. And there's a like, and it gives you an error message like, sorry, you were driving like a dick. And at least 10 people within 30 seconds saw you, and they all agreed you are an asshole. (laughs) You imagine the exploits that that this would cause where people go driving in packs to pick on, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to be downvote brigades. Yep. Of course. Which I'm fine with. I think that's great. (laughs) I'm going to get my friends and go out out downvoting the Mercedes Benzes. It's great that this is even worse than, well, than than automated cars, which is even worse. Or no, which is, which is, ugh, I did this order all wrong. It's even worse than automated cars, but it's still better than how cars work right now. <laughs> you know, something that I keep wanting is different. Like we have lights and we have horns and we have our hands right. for traffic. And I want yes. more ways to do things because, like, I want more ways of saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm an asshole. Fuck right. you. You're an asshole is pretty easy. But, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Or, like, eh, you know, I guess there's that, like, open-handed wave that means thanks for letting me in. But the, like, right. you know, I'm sorry this road is new to me. Or I'm sorry Google Maps just changed her mind three times. And I'm really, really sorry that I pulled across four lanes of traffic. I would like some way of signaling that on the outside of the vehicle. Well, so the, the, the most famous car innovation from the podcasting universe so far is the McElroy brothers inventing the thank you beep beep. It's like a little, um, they, they want an extra horn on the mm-hmm. wheel that you hit and it goes, thank you. And <laughs> they, you two have invented get on the side of the road, you dick. And <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry, I can't drive well. Tripling the contributions of the podcasting world to uh, the driving world. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't their McElroy horn also supposed Mm -hmm. to say something like, good job? (laughs) Oh, that's right. It wasn't think it was great job. That's right. Great job. That's right. It was a congratulatory (laughs) horn. I, I think that it's funny that so like for the like road dri- like driving body language as it were mm-hmm. we actually have developed two a couple of signals for for you know for two word phrases we we have one universally for kind of like for thank you which is that wave right and we have one for mm-hmm. fuck you which is the finger right. we should have one for my bad and we we don't yeah because. Which- 
it's you can kind of do the like open-handed wave and then it looks like you're like whatever or yeah no it's fine <laughs> right, um, right. Uh, but yeah I, I i think that i i would definitely benefit from something like that where you know the, the thing that acknowledges i have made a mistake and i am sorry because i drive a fairly distinctive car mm-hmm. and i don't want you know my car to accrue, accrue a, a bad reputation uh, just you know because that, that would be I think just bad for me mm-hmm. in general yeah um, but so yeah some some new signal you, my bad you take your two hands and mm-hmm. and you, well you roll down the window and you reach out with two hands and your head and you bow down like a we're not worthy we're not worthy <laughs> I think is the best gesture <laughs> And it, you slam into a concrete barrier because your head and hands are all out the window. Yep, yep. No fair. And they're like, aha, serves them right. And you're like, I know, needs, I know. It needs a little work, but, you know, I, I think the, the core of it is there. So I, I now want to hear the, like, extremely complex version of if, if people can, you know, you have to prevent downvote brigading on cars. So how do you, (laughs) I mean, it would be really good live leak footage, the number of people surrounding (laughs) a car just to just, and and not even to do anything particularly damaging, just to make it like quietly drive off to the side. Yep. I really like that. That's the, yeah. You could very aggressively gather up with a gang and be like, and now you're you're going to be very safely deposited at the side of the road. All right, I guess there's not a problem there. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no, fine. there's there's a lot of problems there. I still want it though. It feels like that could also be a good a good sub you know a good tagline for this podcast. Which part? There's a there's a lot of problems I'm there. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we should move to the next one. Right. Nick, what's right. next in the pile? Next one is having a dating slogan. For example, in the notes, charm, wit, and wrists that could ruin a woman for any other man. (laughs) God, okay. That has to have come from my long period of being single. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I... I want to say that this must have been... Uh, okay, so I was on OkCupid for a, at least seven years. And in that time, I saw them go through a number of different phases. There was mm-hmm. a point on OkCupid at which you could actually friend other people's profiles and leave testimonials for them. There was like, mm-hmm. you know, some, some crude social networking stuff in place that they later ripped out by the roots. I... Do not recall whether they ever implemented the ability to just add a tagline to your profile. No, that must have been Too what bad. this is. Like uh, LinkedIn, right? Doesn't LinkedIn yes. let you do a headline? Yeah. Yeah, it still does. I think mine still says Earth's last best Let's hope. Home. That does sound like you. <laughs> so I think that's what this was. There's a lot of bad ideas there. That's <laughs> you, you can just take the you can use the bio section for this right this is just a, a good way to write because on tinder people have bios right i think I, yes my number <laughs> of friends with tinder is dwindling i'd go have, to, uh, have none I, of us used tinder 
I can definitely, I can most definitely assure you I've never used Tinder. I, I think you've yeah, no, been with your early. wives since Tinder became a thing, right? Right. No, I got but out then, just Haven't you done the, the thing? You, you grab the single friend's phone and they, like, show you how they swipe and you get, like, yeah. horrified at how, at how many things make them swipe left? <laughs> yes, actually. And they're like, I've no, done that it's, it's a, hell, a hell wasteland out here. But uh, I, we'll have to I grow know. hard and change our names to BMX. I don't know. I'm imagining a Mad Max scenario out there for dating. In New York, it is <laughs> dire. I can only so, imagine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I think people have bios, and I think they should be replacing them with slogans. I think you're, this is this is accurate. Let's find a dating service and make them mm-hmm. implement it, and just see how it goes. Is there any dating service where you are not allowed to write any of your own profile and other registered users have to write it for you? Or like your mother Facebook of... friends have to write it for you? Holy mother of God. <laughs> I can't tell whether that would be incredible or... <laughs> wow. Well, it would, be, it would be the Wikipedia rule that you're not yeah. allowed to write your own entry, yeah. So, so I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but back in those OkCupid days when you could write comments on other people's profiles, mm-hmm. my ex-boyfriend, who I was on very good terms with, wrote, Horse cock, horse cock, horse cock, <laughs> in all Because <laughs> that was just the way oh a sense of humor worked. And I kept it up, because why wouldn't I? Yeah. But I just, I, I, I would need, you know, you'd need some editorial control over who gets to write your profile for you. <laughs> right. Well, so I've always felt that there needs to be, I mean, this is a horrible idea that needs not to happen, but there needs to be opinionpedia. TV Tropes is actually kind of this for any, like, significant enough part of history or or the world culture. But there needs to be a Wikipedia that's like, okay, the facts are on on the other place, but, like, here's the vibe of this, of this band, here's what's cool. And I think the thing about Opinionpedia is there needs to be no uh, notability barrier so that anyone can have an Opinionpedia. There is no such thing as notability. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe that's what this boils down to for single people. Or, like, maybe you're only allowed to exchange enough information to go out on a date if if the person also, like, promised to leave a review. Like, it's like Amazon or something where the only way you can, or eBay, where you, you can only stay on if you leave enough reviews for people. Wow. I mean, I see it quickly getting into A++++++ would do business again territory. Great seller. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's I, so good. I really can't tell which would happen first if it would go way too, you know, mutual appreciation society or way too dark, way too fast. <laughs> I think both. Isn't there a site called like Don't Date Him Girl or something like that? Something like that, yeah. There, uh, yeah, I think it. I think it used to be a thing. I don't know if it still exists, but you know, perhaps worth some research. Do, 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 do. I, is it is it perhaps time? Should we move to to the next section of the podcast where we discuss Nick's ideas? Yes. I would love to do this. Nick, you are one of those rare people who has written down some ideas of your own, and I I would love to talk about them because I have a couple of them in front of me. Mm -hmm. I would love you to tell me about the Garden of Forking File Paths. (laughs) Ah, yes. This is what I wanted to do when I should have done what you do, which is just put down a a big spreadsheet. I would have all these ideas for stories. I... 
I was a person who thought he was a writer long before I was a writer, and I have a long bad habit of nurturing an idea. Well, not nurturing an idea, holding on to a little idea and not growing it and developing it. And instead thinking, well, this is great ideas better than any of those actually existing stories. And one way I wanted to finally purge myself of these was make a blog that acted as if these ideas already existed as written by someone else, which is something that Jorge uh, Luis Borges did a few times. Uh, he wrote several short stories that pretended to be essays about someone else's serious paper so that he could just quickly give a bit of it and kind of, you know, absolve himself of actually committing to these opinions. Uh, he has a really fun one that is about, like, several heresies about Judas, including the idea that Judas is the real Messiah because, or the person we should really worship, because he knew that he had to betray Jesus to make the whole Christianity thing work. And he knew that doing so would consign himself to hell forever. So... Jesus just had to die once and then come back to heaven. Judas had to sacrifice himself forever to hell to save everyone. I oh, I grew up fundamentalist and I love how blasphemous that is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure why Borges was like, I really can't just come out and say that myself. Because he comes out and says a lot of stuff. Um, but he was like, oh, some other guy wrote this. Ooh, weird. So I, I really wanted to write down all these posts of, uh, of ridiculous and it kind of morphed from a good way to get rid of ideas to its own idea that never got done. One, oh God, I, I did have like, you know, there's an abandoned Tumblr that I never made public with some of these, but I think one was the JPEG that no one can tell what it used to be. You know, um, like really dank memes or deep fried memes. Yes. Um, where, you know, they've been screen capped and saved and screen capped and saved and it's harder and harder to read them and mm -hmm. now people do it on purpose because it looks hilarious. I really like the idea of a, a JPEG that had been continually shrinked and expanded and everything had been done to it because it used to be this amazing revelatory. It just made everything make sense. It was the best pithy kind of tweet or communication or something like that. And so people were always sharing it. But eventually people were only sharing copies of copies of copies and it got harder and harder to <laughs> decipher. And now we only have these terrible copies and are trying to figure out what was in there. And we're trying to use all our best technology to discover what did a past generation know? What wisdom did they share that now we lack? And that is why everything, the internet is now in disarray again and it's a whole tower of Babel because this one truth was lost. And probably, you know, it was an like unpopular opinion there. <laughs> um, so that was the kind of thing. I wanted to write little little stories like that, um, but, you know, didn't. That's that's still that's so good. What's what's funny, I, what I like about this idea is that, like, that that's essentially why I made this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because I needed some way to purge the ideas. And I figured, like, yeah, get, getting, you know... A, a, people in to just look at them and be like what is that and then i could explain it and it would be it would be out in the world for somebody else to use um mm -hmm. but i i love that that is that is fantastic thank you okay here's another one i would love to hear about you know what actually branching off from that one you have something about a series of stories set in different parts of media slash entertainment in the style of succession or the thick of it oh yes this is this is one that i still 
pretend that I will do um, because it's so good. But it's just never, I can't imagine, I don't see another model for it that actually, like, gives me hope that I would ever uh, uh, get the resources together to do this. I hope someone else does. It is, yeah, a set of stories where a bunch of people, I specifically think it would be great in the world of media. That's, that's where I first came up with it, was realizing that I know so many people in media and entertainment who they're doing a job that a lot of people are envious of. But what they really want to be doing is this other specific job in media or entertainment. And I mean, a lot of the things that there's a cliche that's very true that every blogger really wants to be writing screenplays. <laughs> I know. So in, in New York, especially uh, digital media is getting unionized rapidly right now. And one of the main unions that digital newsrooms are joining is the Writers Guild of America, which usually represents people who write screenplays for TV and movies. And I'll tell you, I'm super glad that I'm in that one and not in the surely venerable and lovely Newspapers Guild, News Writers <laughs> Guild, because I am one of those bloggers who loves blogging, great, enviable job, pays well, love it. Love my coworkers, would run away in a second if I could get a spec sold or uh, be an assistant's assistant on a pretty good sitcom. And so would everyone I know. But I also know some people who write for sitcoms and are like, oh, God, I wish I could do this other thing and write for this other movies. thing with this. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's movies. Sometimes they wish they were for, uh, worked for a show with a less demanding schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, of course, wishes they could do their own thing. But I think... You could piece it together circularly enough that it's not just about people wanting, like, a higher spot on, like, everyone knows that, like, yeah, writing for the movies is the most glamorous thing you could do. And that would be the main trick of it would be to try to avoid it just going up. So you could believably think, not necessarily a full circle, but that, like, you can follow enough people that the jealousy rings around mm -hmm. at some point. Someone once told me the story of, I forget which writer at The New Yorker it was, who had, he, he was at the time writing the very first talk of the town, the one that's always about the current national political issue of the week. And that guy has one of the most enviable jobs in journalism. It's amazing. He's the first person you get to read after theater listings. If you don't live in New York, this is the first bit of the magazine that matters. And this friend of mine had met him, and all the guy would talk about was how he didn't get paid enough money uh, compared to X other writer over uh, elsewhere in the New Yorker. And that's all. He didn't care that he had the most enviable spot. He was just jealous of like, well, that guy gets a little more than me. And, uh, and I really would like to have known, like, what job would he have if he could pick? I don't okay. think he was the sort who was like, I just want to write for the movies. Uh, it would have been a little more original than that. And I really want to follow people. I also love stories about people fucking up. Uh, people who are competent <laughs> at their jobs mostly, but then fuck something up. That's why I really love um, the, s the succession and the thick of it. And there's a show, much less popular show called W1A that I think is smarter than the thick of it and, and successional because everybody in those in that show wants to say fuck you, but they can't. And they like it's more realistic. They're in the world where you can't just do that and like talk like that to everybody in your office. They all work at the BBC, and they're all like, mm-hmm. Well, they definitely and give them a little can. polite smiles. <laughs> yeah. 
And I really like that style. I've never successfully written anything in that style. I write things in a much more cartoonish style because I'm pretty good at that. Uh, and I and I haven't learned yet the intense skill it takes to have any of these uh, just like stories about people at the top of their game. But I like people at the top of their game fucking up. And that is what would show why it's sane of them to want the other job. I really got to write this. <laughs> I clearly need to write this. But um, not anymore. Now someone else can. Well, you know, uh, there have been a couple of times where um, going over an idea in this podcast has actually given mm-hmm. me the impetus to go ahead and do a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you could I think you could still do it. And even if somebody else out there tries, uh, you know, that just means that there'll be two versions of it out in the world and fucking even better. Like, like, the year that we all got ants and a bug's life, and what a happy year it was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the year of Armageddon and Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I did put out once, I tweeted out something I wasn't going to do, was um, a story of like a Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet story of a town that's divided. Because I really like those old like Hatfield and McCoy stories. Well, it turns out I don't like them that much. Because once like the books from the library came, and I had to <laughs> actually read about the Hatfields and McCoys, I was like, oh, I don't actually want to write this. I, I maybe want to read uh, or watch a fun version. And someone took, and maybe currently is still working on, they at least showed me a really good script of an audio drama version, like a, po- a podcast version of someone wanders into a town in the Hudson, uh, in the Hudson uh, River Valley that's really divided. And like, there are two churches and everybody goes to one of them. And like, wherever, whoever you are in the town, if you move there, you are eventually forced to take sides. And, you know, someone new comes into town and they refuse to take sides and blah, blah, blah. I love it. And so I was really happy. I, that was the one time I've actually put an idea out for a story. And someone was like, okay, I'm actually going to do this. And they did. Yes. Awesome. <clears throat> Very satisfying. I had, you know, notes, but I kept them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> We've now reached that point of the podcast where we tell everybody where we can be found on the internet. For me, that's easy. <laughs> Thanks to my friend Jen, who is Jennifer Marie on Twitter. You can find links to my Twitter, Instagram, and highly entertaining newsletter all in one place at flavor.country. Go there now. You can find me on Twitter as Besha, V E S H A. I am on Twitter as Too Much Nick, T O O M U C H N I C K, and sometimes I blog at TooMuchNick.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show by searching for Idea Factory Giveaway in your podcast app of choice and let John know if it doesn't pop up. If you're already there, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and or a nice review. We are almost at the point where iTunes starts taking us seriously. If you've already done that, why not tell a friend? Thanks for listening, and remember... If you've heard an idea you like, go ahead and do it. I just want credit. And I want a cut. Do-do, do-do.